Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the BTB podcast. Of course, I'm Shane Taggart with my co-host, TJ Jones. And do we have a treat for you? We have our first interview. He's a hell of a guest, longtime friend, big fan of the program. We bring to you reigning NLL champion Anthony Jokum on the show. First interview. And we had a lot to get into here. Jokes, welcome to the show. How are we doing? What's going on, fellas? Uh, happy to be here. Happy to be on the show. And uh, that does feel good here in NLL champion. Thank you. I bet it feels good. I bet oh, it feels good. Definitely. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, we're usually just having a couple bald guys on the show. You have a great head of hair. I just <laughs> yeah, got to start by real. asking to win the championship next year. Would you go bald? Would you go bald next season? If it means we win the championship and I go bald. Yes. And don't, I, it just comes second nature. Um, I don't know, man. I, it, it's, I, I like the, the hair as it is. And I feel like, you know, <laughs> We know once it's once it starts to go away, who knows if it's coming back. So uh, I think I'm going to keep it and just, you know, try and earn the championship on myself with hard work and just work with my team. You know, nothing comes. Got to got to earn it. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I have a rebuttal to that. Is 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 the is the receding hairline in the genetics is Fern is does Fern have a bad head of hair? I feel like he doesn't. So, like, you're not really at risk. Uh, I mean, it, it's a slippery slope. He, uh, <laughs> I mean, he had long, long hair back in high school, lost it. And now he's, you know, he's got like the little buzz and everything like that. My mom's side, they all have hair, but again, it's somewhat thinning. So, you know, I'm running, I'm running some risks. So I, I don't know if I want to. I'm gonna okay. That's fa- yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I would, I, if I was you, I'd probably keep it. You've got a nice, you got a nice little muffin top there. <laughs> And for those who don't know jokes, he's got a phenomenal head of hair. Um, <laughs> me and TJ both wish we had it, but, you know, enough of the salon talk here. We'll get into it. Um, jokes, you know, you've been in the league for a while now. You, you've been around the block, you know, got some tread on the tires. Coming in, you know, you were drafted by the Black Wolves, first-round pick back in 2018. You know, a couple years with the Philadelphia Wings here, and then most recently getting traded to the, um, you know, the Colorado Mammoth here. So, first and foremost, congrats on the championship. Now, in the NLL, have you just seen such a difference with these different cities and stuff? I mean, I'm sure playing in, in Colorado has been a little bit different than playing in Philly and vice versa with New England. Yeah, man, the uh, the league is cool where we get to travel to a lot of new places I've never been before. And there's with the expansion happening, I guess, over the past three or four years, going to some new cities like Halifax. Um, there's going to be a Vegas team. There was Panther City this year in Fort Worth, Texas. So that was pretty cool to go see. Um, the travel is awesome. And I mean, it, like I said, you get to go travel to some places you never thought you'd be. Like some places that are awesome and some places, you know, are a little, little iffy like Saskatchewan in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Um, but it, it is awesome trying to see all of North America through this uh, great sport of lacrosse. On top of that, uh, jokes. We were talking. I remember talking to our boy Connor Kiernan um, after one of the game. After you guys played him at the Wings, after you guys played Riptide. Yeah. I remember he mentioned that like a lot of the guys on his team aren't even like New York locals. So they fly. They like fly guys out from Canada or fly guys out from other other parts of the country. Like, would you say that's like a majority of guys on each team is getting flown out to their local 
games or their home games and even away games. So there is going to be a lot of traveling in general. Yeah, there is a lot of travel. Uh, majority of the league, I would say probably about 80% is Canadian. And okay. majority of the teams are in the States. And unfortunately for us, uh, we're not on the same levels like the NHL or NBA getting paid millions. So a bunch of guys have <laughs> jobs and, uh, you know, kind of weekend warriors. But as I said, like with the growth of the league, it's slowly getting a bit better and more mm-hmm. guys are, are trying to be lacrosse all year round. But yeah, majority of the guys do travel uh, kind of the way the schedule works. Uh, most games are on Saturdays. So guys will fly out uh, Friday morning, Friday night, depending on their schedule. Um, it'd be a Friday night practice with the team at whether it be home or away. Um, then that's about two hour practice time after travel. So hopefully you, you have some good travel and you don't get any delays on your flight or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, then Saturday morning would be a shoot around. Um, play the game Saturday night, and then guys kind of go the, go their own way Sunday morning on their different flights back to their hometown. Um, I'd, I'd imagine yeah. a lot of middle seats in the plane. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of middle seats. You kind of uh, there's actually an indoor lacrosse pro uh, podcast called Back of the Bird, and it's basically just how they're talking about NLL stories and how they're always sitting at the back of the plane calling it a bird. So they're always at the back there getting like the worst <laughs> seat whether it be middle seat or, you know, the very last row, you can't even recline your seat back. You're stuck up against the wall. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, you know, um, what another good thing too, is that they, uh, they kind of, depending on the team, they let you pick uh, if they're good, they let you pick um, a specific airline. You just kind of ride it out and get to collect. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, so I've been, I've been uh, taking advantage of that with the flights to Colorado and uh, getting to upgrade seats here and there helps a little bit but for the rookies okay. the first year guys they uh you know they're they're learning it firsthand stuck in the middle just getting absolutely uh the, the, the short end of the stick and, and learning it firsthand <laughs> shane do we have to collab with the back of the bird podcast like btb botb like we can kind of play on that right i, I think the more bees the better um <laughs> i i'd always be down to shoot the shit with some other podcasts yeah they're actually sure. uh two guys that play in the league that as well currently playing just doing it telling stories of the nll because again too it's uh it's a lot different than what it is for the outdoor game uh yeah how how there is a bit of a difference between canadian and american lacrosse where predominantly canada's uh more indoor and uh field lacrosse is more american so it's just giving a different perspective you know and what the beauty of the sport is you know it's brought in uh guys all over the place like i'm from canada and you guys are from from New Jersey ended up going to the same school together. So just that, how this game kind of brings everyone together is just a, a real treat in itself. I was going to say, I, I know we had a lot of different talking points, but it kind of segments pretty well with even just, you know, the differences between the box game and the field game so much. I, I feel like the box teams, I feel like you guys are like, it, it just means a lot more. I feel like um, compared to the outdoor game, like especially with the PLL, only being in year four, you know, there's really no history to winning the PLL with the MLL kind of dissolving. Yeah. What I feel like you growing up, like you've known, like I've wanted to play in the league for so long. And like, now that you finally get a championship, like it's got to feel a lot better than just winning, you know, the PLL championship that's only been around for you know only a couple of years now. Yeah, man. Like, like you said, it, it was like a dream come true. 
uh, all the guys, you know, it's like, this is what you dream of playing up in Canada. Like you, you play box across every summer in these hot, old, like rundown arenas, um, to, you know, to eventually make it to the NLL, the National Cross League. And then hopefully, you know, one day winning a national championship was just, just exactly like the Stanley Cup, you know? Uh, it's still <laughs> a week a week out now, and it's still kind of crazy to put into words. It's uh, it's it's just an amazing feeling. I don't know, just like all that hard work you put in for I don't know, freaking twenty years now, twenty odd years of playing lacrosse, yeah. kid. It's uh, it just takes you. I don't even know, but it's not surprised. But it's just like everything all all coming to one, and uh, just achieving a goal that you've been working at for so long. It's it's just an unreal feeling, and I mean. We, we've been there a couple of times, but didn't cross the finish line in college, but it's just like a whole nother level, man, of just, <laughs> I don't even know. It's just, I can't How put it in words and still just like taken aback by it. It's just an unreal feeling. It's so amazing. It's just like, you're grateful for where you are and everything that you've accomplished. But I mean, you, you, you got to the goal and the goal is amazing. And it's just an amazing feeling. <laughs> Jokes, how does somebody, like you played, on Mammoth, you play with Zed. I mean, you guys played – on the Bandits team, you played against, like, pretty much, like, four or five of the best guys in the PLL. That yeah. just came just came back over. You play with Rambo on the wings. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of guys who I feel like started as great field players and come over to the box game and really succeed. And it definitely depends on how their style of play is when they, when they develop their game on the field side. But, like, how do you – how, in your perspective, like, how do – how are guys able to go play both and be – and play at the top level for both types of lacrosse? Um, I, I think it definitely – it depends on their style of play. Um, yeah. Because definitely for Americans playing the indoor game, it's a bit of a, a awakening. It's a different game. Like, it's, it's a lot more physical. You're in tight quarters. It's, if it's something you're not used to. It can definitely take you aback a, a, a bit, um, but it's if if their style like matches up well, like Matt Rambo's really like it took him a little bit the first couple first couple games of the wing season, and then once he got yeah. the hang of it and understood how the offense was flowing and like where he needed to be and understanding his role within the offense, I mean he's gotten a lot better over the last three years of, of becoming one of the, the definitely top American indoor players for for the league. Um, so it, it all depends on the style of play. And I guess like the dedication to, to work as like, the, like just working at your craft, right. No matter what position it is, right. You're always going to do those extra reps or like do the footwork drills or whatever it may be to get you to be the top dog at your position. And it's, I think it applies to the same thing as, as making that transition from field to box or box to field, whatever it is, um, that you want to make sure that you're being your best self for that position and making sure that it's the best that you can be for whatever do you think. Do you think a lot of guys, because I like when I would go and watch your games and watching it compared to the PLL, I feel like the subbing is something you got to really get used to. Cause like, yeah, obviously, it, obviously in field, you know, like, you know, defenders you're staying on, like you're just staying on the field attacking, you know, maybe you sub out for, for the ride and stuff, but you know, it's wholesale, a lot more fast breaks and one-on-ones with the goalies and stuff. I think that would be kind of the, the one thing that I noticed where like you're just shuffling in and out, getting on the bench. Like that's got to get, like, I would be like, I'm just hopping the boards and like you're jumping <laughs> over and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it does. It does get pretty hectic. Um, definitely when the game starts to pick up, get going up and down and like making it a track race. 
Um, so yeah, it's basically you have five defenders playing at once, um, 30 second shot clock. And when whatever happens, happens. And we're pushing, transitioning the ball up to the to the offense and then subbing off where need be. But like you said, it's kind of a wholesale. We strictly have D guys and then there's strictly offensive guys that play on their side of the ball and just come off. Um, so it's kind of like basketball going up and down with subbing, if that makes sense. So you're subbing yeah. like uh, your defenders in to play strictly D. And then as they get a turnover or stop or shot goes out of bounds, they're transitioning the ball. If they have an opportunity, um, a lot of teams now have a bunch of guys that can handle the ball in the back end and give them the green light to, to push the ball. If there's, if uh, opportunity uh, presents itself, whether it be a three on two, two on one, four on three, but for the most part, it's uh kind of settling it down once we pass the midline, um, pass it to the offensive guys and get the heck off as quickly as possible. So they have more time to work with in that 30 second shot clock. It's, it's, it's fun hearing jokes talk about this, Shane, like he's being a responsible defensive player as if yeah. once upon a time, he wasn't like TJ, give me the ball. I'm going coast to coast. And now I'm yeah. he proved he can do that. He proved he could do that this past, this past series, absolutely yamming one um, in the, in the championship, but it's just funny to hear him talk about it. Like, yeah, I gotta be a team player. I gotta, I gotta do the Share right the thing rock. instead of just taking the ball himself and doing it. Hey all man, if I could time. do that every single time, um, <laughs> that would be a dream come true. But you know, you gotta read and react to what's happening, and I don't want to get chewed out all the time if I'm just taking these uh, dumb shots that don't give our team a possession. That's how you get 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 your name scratched off the list or down the depth chart. Don't even make the starting roster. So. You know, just like <laughs> a lot of a lot of grown up has, has happened uh, over over the last four or five years. You know, yeah, so that's how it works. Like I said, understanding my role and, and trying to do it to the best of my ability. <laughs> now, jokes. I'm I'm looking at the stats here this year. You know, you got 20 games played. You know, seven points on the year. We we love to see that. Now, I see 15 turnovers. I see that number. We got to get that down. All right. I don't think you're a turnover guy. But you have 22 calls, turnovers. That's what I like to see. So, you know, if, if we're giving out some maybe some awards, you know, maybe we get you down to 10 turnovers next year. Or maybe, you know, maybe we get you up to 25 calls, turnovers. I think that's I think that should be our goal that's for next goal. year. That's what we're looking for. All right. And that might hey, be a player problem. It might be a player problem. There was future. one game. There was one game. I think it was my one of the first Colorado games that I got traded to. They, they gave me, like, six turnovers i'm like i don't even touch the ball that many times how can i get six turnovers you're just you're just the new guy and they're just like nope wasn't zed uh, that one's joking Get them all. exactly i was like wait i checked the stats she was like wait i don't i don't touch the ball that much i didn't turn it over six times it's so, the, um, that's so funny that's why it's a little skewed in my and that's just my my opinion there well i was also going to say you know being a mid-year trade, you know, like we see stuff in kind of like the four major sports where, you know, like a quarterback or get, or get traded or a wide receiver. And it's like, all right, I had to know the playbook. You know, they play like that Sunday. Obviously, you guys have a couple more games, um, you know, with it being a little bit, I would say a little bit easier to transition. Like when you get traded, is it just like, yeah, clear out your shit and then you're going to be on a flight next. Like you just got to adapt, right? Like you had like a week off maybe from playing. Like it's just. Yeah. It was, it was, it was crazy. So I think the trade deadline was on a Tuesday, I want to say. Um, and I was kind of joking around in the, in the office, like, oh, like just checking, like, oh, it's a deadline. Who knows? Maybe I'll get traded. Go and do some stuff. Come back to see that I got a missed call. 
And his like the Wings GM is like, give me a call back when you get a chance. Find out, get traded, whatever. But yeah, so for the Wings, we had that weekend off. It was a bye weekend. But the Colorado team, they had uh, a back-to-back that weekend. It was a Friday, Saturday. Or oh, Saturday. Jesus. <laughs> like, he's like, hey, happy to have you here, you know, the GM. Happy to have you. But um, when can you fly out? What's going on? I know we're, we're, we're throwing you in. We got a back-to-back. You know, you're just going to have to adjust, learn on the fly. Um, we're excited to have you. Um, and, yeah, happy. <laughs> let, let me know what we can do to get you going here kind of deal. So it does It does happen. Uh rather quickly um and it was you know just thrown right into the fire figure it out here's some basic principles and then you know we'll learn as we go not a bad uh not a bad trade though you know you go from maybe not making the playoffs to you're hosting up a trophy so i think it's a it's a win-win on that note oh yeah definitely it, it worked out well in the end but it definitely uh was a bit of very big of shock at first because you know moved down here kind of set up my life down here um the organization said nothing but good things to be you know doing stuff in the community all that stuff and i thought i was playing well which they said i was and they had to make a business decision you know their offense wasn't wasn't cooking so they had to to trade for an offensive guy and get rid of someone else to clear a spot for him and then but like i said it worked out Colorado said they wanted me and thought I could make an impact to, you know, get, get them that championship. And, you know, it, it all worked out in the end. What, um, jokes, what about like, I, I know, I know you get into hairy territory and if, if there's any fans listening, there might, you know, be a little taken back by this, but like, obviously you look at the Buffalo, the, the Buffalo fan base and, I was actually talking to Coach Ray about this the other day and how they were talking about a couple stats about the 19,000 audience was like the biggest it's been since like oh, 2008 Wings game or something like that. Yeah. Like what was the environment like in Buffalo? How does that compare to Colorado? And then like what are the kind of – how does that compare to the Wings and some other places you've, you've played in? I mean, so, KeyBank Key Center, it was popping. KeyBank, yeah. yeah. KeyBank was – rocking dude like buffalo is up the bandits are up there with the sabers and like the bills like they love it there they're probably probably mm-hmm. the best fan base in the nll which is awesome for the league but uh colorado is re- is probably next to it like the the west coast um bandit land i guess you could say but like we're right there with the best fans we call it the loud house and that place gets 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 loud definitely lives up to the name um, I think we had 15,000 for our game too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a good environment as well. So that was awesome for the league to have for a final with like the two top fan bases uh, kind of getting into it, making it an unreal atmosphere. Like, like you said, it was a sold out crowd, 19,000. You, you look into the stands and it's just a sea of orange and black. And it's just like, Holy, you could he- feel them getting energetic. They do have a couple of chances to get going on. And it's just like, and their team feeds off that energy. So oh, yeah. for us to kind of like weather the storm, I think that played a key role too um, in, in our success because they never really got any any energy and momentum going from the crowd. And we could hear every time we scored a goal, man, it's like you hear a pin drop in that place. Shutting up 19,000 is, is, is uh, it's a pretty cool feeling. And especially near the end, man two or three minutes they start to realize uh, I don't know if we're coming back and it's slowly getting quieter you see a couple people walking out and it's just uh, again just kind of adds to 
to the to the feeling I was talking about. It's just like we really just did this. We we quieted nineteen thousand people. We just ruined yeah. their evening. We ruined their whole year. But big bad Buffalo is supposed to win it this year. Everyone counted us out. Like all this stuff, you know. A lot um, of slumped shoulders walking out of that stadium. Like all right, just yeah, that's got to be. Year. That's got to be one of the better feelings. Like being on the field or being on the bench and just like watching the stands just like slowly get empty. Oh. Watching everybody just like walk up the stairs out of there. Yeah, room. like yeah. it was, uh, it was crazy, man. Like I said, and they like tried to chant like "Let's go Buffalo," and we're just like screaming, like throwing our gloves up in the air, like <laughs> we, did it. we did it. You see them like they're like there's a couple faithful fans, I guess, trying to cheer the team on in the handshake. Yeah. But uh, uh, it it made that even sweeter to win it on their on their home turf because you know they thought. Again, everyone counted us out. We had our top two offensive players out with injuries, um, and everyone thought it would be a cakewalk, you know? Ryan Lee ended up – he tore his ACL in practice the first game of the series against San Diego. So everyone thought, all right, that was it when he wasn't playing in San Diego. and uh, They don't have their top point score, and we had some other guys step up, Zed – Zed Williams, obviously, Eli McLaughlin, Connor Robinson, um, all like carried the load. And then Eli McLaughlin, our second best scorer, like popped his shoulder out at the end of game one against Buffalo. So they were, again, more people counting us out, not thinking we were going to get the job done. But we had other guys step up, some rookies that haven't even played or a limited role popped in and, and uh, did a really amazing job and just everyone pulling the rope and there was just no quit. The team well, Joe, even even saying that, I, you know, just looking at the box scores and such, I know I texted you after the first one, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was just one and done, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> lo, lo, I was like, damn, lost in overtime, like 15, 14, like good season, but um, I forgot they were best of three, but I mean, you, know, you guys go 15, 14, you lose game one, you come, yeah. you come back home to Ball Arena, place is popping, you know, the Avalanche are playing hot too, so Denver's just roaring, yeah, of a of a of a winning just you know overall state now i mean you know jokic wins the mvp jokes wins the title <laughs> the avalanche win the cup i mean it, it's just it's it's raining dubs in denver yep. in colorado but the city you know, of champions you guys win 11 8 and then you come back and you finish the job 10 8 so clearly the defense locked it the fuck down the offense able to get the double digits each game always helps um are you guys going to try and coattail ride the avalanche and get a parade <laughs> we were we were we were joking about that after we won on Saturday. It's like we really need the abs to win ASAP so we could just get get it on that same owner and Mr. Cronky. Same owner. He he owns everything, man. He owns the Nuggets, he owns the Avs, he owns the, the Mammoth, he owns a bunch of other teams and won a won a Super Bowl as well, too. Um I was refreshing my email all day today. I didn't get anything yet. So, so I don't know. I don't know if it's happening or not. Um, but the play, I mean, that was the plan a week ago. Our group chat was buzzing a little bit, but we haven't heard anything from uh, our coaches or the GM just yet. Well, hopefully Mr. Kroenke can, you know, maybe get a truck for you guys and, you know, yeah, we, we, don't pick up. we don't need much. We don't need much. the back of an F-150. We'll, we'll walk the parade. Well, TJ, I was going to say, you know, Joe goes and wins a championship on the road. He also won a championship as a coach this year, too. Hell, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for those who don't know, all of us going to St. Joe's, Joe was able to 
reverse the curse of Sweeney Field um, and get St. Joe's University their first conference championship since the 2000 MAC team. Shout out to those guys. Um, but, you know, he was able to win the NEC this year after, you know, a couple tough years in the playoffs as a player, watching a couple tough ones as a fan. Um, jokes, just, you know, tell me what it was like. I know it was your real, you know, first year coaching going from the high school level and club level. Um, you know, what's the, what's been the biggest adjustment and, you know, what's kind of your favorite part about it outside of, you know, coaching at your alma mater? Uh, I don't, just the level of play is definitely a big adjustment and, and the expectations of what players can and can't do. Obviously the high school level, you have a couple, a couple studs, and then you get to the college level. So everyone knows the basics. Now it's like working the, the X's and O's, the schemes, uh, and definitely game planning week to week of what we want to accomplish, what the other team's trying to accomplish. Um, so it was a challenge, but it was also fun in that regard as well, too. Um, definitely had a blast going back, working with Coach Ray, seeing everything, how everything is done on the other side, right? As being a player was awesome. But then uh, being a coach and, and learning what goes on behind the scenes kind of deal um, was, was awesome. And just like learning from Coach Ray in, in itself was uh, something very valuable, which I think will help in, in, the, in the long run. So definitely love my experience. Um, excited to go back for another year. Uh, as the volunteer again and you know just continue to grow as a coach and 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 just helping the program grow as it has over uh, the last I guess 10 years of coach Ray being there too yeah it's been quite a it's been quite a run for coach Ray and the Hawks I mean mm -hmm. I feel like every year I mean we were we were part of the years where it was like oh St. Joe's is going to win you're predicted to win the NEC and just kind yeah. of fought we just fell short so many times yeah. Like it was, it was great to see them kind of like, and, and you obviously being a part of that group, like it was great to see everybody like get over that hump. And like, uh -huh. it was a great feeling, not only for like the team, but like for us as alumni, like it's just, it just feels good to see that, like everything come to fruition. And then even on top of that, to like, to go up to New Haven and then just like take it to Yale, like in a game that the Hawks could have won. Um, and yeah. what we talked, I remember Shane and I talking about this on episode one of the podcast, like we were, I mean, we started the revelation for alumni groups in the NCAA tournament this year. 100%. Um, so how was it, how was it like playing against Yale and being on, on the field with those guys who have just been around, like who were always in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, leading up to it. Right. I mean, coach Ray and the whole message was from the coaching staff it's like guys the pressure's off us now right we, we we finally won the nec that was the biggest thing to get over no one's has expected us to even get get this far right so we don't need to worry about nothing like yale is the one that needs to 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 be worried right because they're expected to win they got to be little old saint joe right we just got to go out play our game do what's gotten us at this point and just have confidence in what we're doing yeah, they've been to the NCAA tournament a handful of times, Final Fours, won the national championship, was it 2018? Um, so yeah. they, they have a lot of uh, experience in, in being in the, in the big dance and, you know, just being there. Um, so it was more or less like, let's do what we do and do it to the best of our abilities and see what happens, right? Lay it all out there. We I thought us as a staff planned, game plan very well and had a couple of tricks up our sleeves um but again right it, it comes down to uh just kind of mental mistakes or just like stick work errors per se just one or two plays you always wish you want to have back as a player and now even as a coach 
just like certain calls or something that we look back and say, oh, I wish we did this instead of that kind of deal. Yeah. Learning experience. But I thought, um, you know, we we hung in there very well and did a lot of a lot of things that people didn't even expect and put St. Joe's on a map on the map that we, you know, the, the alumni believe that we should have been on the last five or six years. So now that now nationally, everyone's kind of like giving Coach Ray his praise that he's been he should have been getting for for so long now kind of deal but um yeah I feel like I feel like every single time I say like St. Joe's even I mean from North Jersey everybody's talking about St. Joe's College out in Long Island which is now yeah. honestly St. Joseph's University they're now no longer St. Joe's College so now it's even worse <laughs> and then we got SJU being St. John's instead of yeah. St. Joe's so like that BS crap Those like fucking losers <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it's, like that it's kind exciting, of exciting, man, because but... it's exciting too. After seeing what we did in that tournament, and we're we're returning everyone except for right. Austin Shazula. So everyone but except a grad senior um, that had a, had a key con- contribution to our team success. And you know, we're hoping for some freshmen to step up, some of the incoming fre- or I guess sophomores now to step up and see what we did. The incoming freshmen, we're, we're excited to see what can do. And, you know, hopefully adding a couple more pieces to the puzzle that get us to a, a, a round one victory in the tournament. You know, you never know. How many how many guys on the St. Joe's team do you think could play in the NLL? Like, like, like we know Carter Page is obviously a stud Canadian who kind of broke out this year. Yeah. Um, you got Levi Anderson, obviously, who's been a star attackman for, of ours for the past couple of years. Like, do you see those guys being great NLL players if they continue to work on their craft? Are there any other guys that you could see being in there? I mean, Zach Cole probably would take some face-offs if I was – Yeah, I would assume that too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, those three for sure. Levi's definitely going to be in the NLL, probably be a top pick. Um, Who knows how long he's going to be in college. He's going to be like freaking 27 when he graduates. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Carter, Carter Page definitely will probably be in the NLL too. Um, like you said, Canadian comes from Peterborough, which is a really hotbed of lacrosse up up north in Ontario. And, you know, he's being coached by some some great players that actually play. Our captain for the Mammoth is actually his junior A coach. And they have like oh, Jake Withers, um, Eric Schul, and Turner Evans, I believe. Those are the four coaches for the junior A team. So, you know, he's learning a lot from, from the guys that have played in the NLM still do. Um, I could definitely see Zach Cole. A bunch of the uh, faceoff guys are American guys that are like awesome at the PLL. Like you see Nardella, Baptiste, uh, Max Adler this year for Buffalo, Timmy Edwards for us. But he's 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 a hybrid. He's been playing box across for a while, um, but he's mm-hmm. an excellent guy too. So and Alex Woodall this year too. So you see a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of PLL faceoff guys get a shot because the faceoff is such a uh, specialized position, and I feel like the states are more. Um, they do offer more specialized training in that regard with like the face-off academies and stuff like that. So definitely could see Zach Cole. Um, honestly, oh, Levi Verge too. Who am I kidding? That The, the pull from BC. Hell, he's hell, okay. hell, yeah, of hell of a mullet. He's a stud. He's, he's definitely, uh, he's got, he got uh, some bite to his defense. You know, he'll, he'll let you have it. He's not afraid to throw a heavy, hard check and he, he won't <laughs> from anyone so he's got the grit he's got the attitude so i could definitely see him playing it in the big leagues one day well joe I, I, I was gonna say jokes i had a couple you know this or that type of deal 
I was going through your Twitter to try and dig up some dirt. I couldn't really find much. Um, now, in December 2nd of 2020, you tweeted, am I a crazy person for listening to Apple Music? Are you on Spotify or are you Apple Music still? <laughs> so I'm still, still Apple Music guy. I don't know. That was like the big trend, and I still feel like it is. But Apple Music through and through, you know, having the iTunes back with the old iPod, haven't made the switch yet. Okay. You're on the right and side then- of history. Well, Joe, I'm, I'm glad you're still an Apple Music guy. I know you guys try to get certain release dates instead of us um, over at Spotify here. Maybe one day we'll be on Spotify. Um, maybe we get some Rogan money. Maybe we get some Call Her Daddy money. But until then, you know, we're just doing this for the love of the game. Now, Joe, I don't know if it's in your contract. I don't know if you can say this stuff, but um, I, I know you're a fan of the PLL as well, and you enjoy watching these games. And like we said earlier, you played with a bunch of these guys. Um, so, you know, T and I usually make a couple picks here and there, um, and, and things of that nature, but, you know, I was just looking ahead to the schedule, you know, jokes, you know, we got the archers and the redwoods are playing, you know, gun to your head. Who do you think takes that one? Uh, I gotta go with the archers. Okay, redwoods, redwoods are like they're in the dark place right now. <laughs> in the darkest of places. <laughs> I mean, Tim Troutner, we're not at high point anymore, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what that team's going to look like at the end of the year. Um, you know, m- might have to just wholesale a few different pieces and figure out what type of team they want to be. Um, but, I mean, overall, you know, this past weekend they get, um, you know, they lose again to the Whipsnates. You just clearly have their number. It seems like the Whipsnates are just going to try and get back to championship weekend again. Um and, you know, they're starting to find their groove now. You know, your old, your teammate Zed's back playing for them on offense. Him and Rambo, you know, kind of the duo again. And then Nardell is just crushing it at the X. So, um, I'm, I'm going to be with you on this one. I'm, I'm going to take the Archers straight up. I went another 0 for 4 weekend. So, you're probably going to see me in the hoop taking shots from TJ soon. Um, <laughs> Joe, you can shoot if you want to. But um, I'm going to need a good warm-up. <laughs> That also, so, you know, are we taking? I'll for our for our listeners, I guess I'll say this: we're gonna, for Shane's sake, so he doesn't have an all-time awful record by the end of the season. We're gonna stop doing the spread, and we're just gonna go with you know straight up wins and losses. All these games are one game wins losses for the most part, unless you're we need some wins. We need some wins. We're just gonna we're gonna game. pump ourselves a little bit. We're gonna pump ourselves up a little bit. We're gonna go just with wins and losses, no spread. I've been making. So I'm don- also taking the archers. I've been making a lot of donations to you know the Harris Casino. We got a nice donation a couple weeks ago, um, so that's a write off. And then DraftKings, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm being able to fund your advertising this past lacrosse season. But that takes us to the second game on Friday night, a little little late night. We got a holiday weekend here, so you know if you're not out down the Jersey Shore, DJs, um, you know, tune into the Atlas and the Atlas versus the Chrome. I think that's going to be a, a really good game with Chrome. This is a Chrome podcast. Um, Chrome train. But I do get nervous, TJ, with, you know, Joe's old teammate again, Baptiste at the X. I mean, the fuck, he doesn't lose. Doesn't lose. He doesn't lose. Like, he's – Jokes, does he ever lose? Not really. <laughs> I mean, dude, he's on pace. I mean, right now, I think I saw this. I mean, he's above – he's getting close to 80% on the year. Like, that's – absurd and you know they're able to squeak out a win against the archers which is 
kind of nuts considering the Archers won four faceoffs and they took it to them one goal game. Um, you know, Matt Moore, kind of a little coming out party. Jeff T, all-star, easily. Your boy Gittleman turned it up in the cage again. Cannon played well. I think just looking at Atlas versus Chrome, I think the Chromers are the team of destiny. To be honest. Hell yeah, us. they are. Hell yeah, they are. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna bet against the Chrome. They're actually plus one and a half at plus one hundred odds. So that's kinda that's kinda solid. But I will have to say this is a tough look for Chrome. They have to win the faceoff battle. But if a team like the Archers can play a one goal game with them after winning four faceoffs, I feel like a better team in Chrome could probably give them their money's worth. So I'm taking Chrome. Yeah, I also think, and, and Joe, we'll get your pick after this. Brendan Nick Turn, rookie of the year right now. Fair to say, T. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Next, and and it's crazy because him, 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 and Wisnowskis are you know they're two leading point scorers, and both rookies. Wisnowskis, the most disrespected player in lacrosse right now. Um, movement. Um, I'm I'm going with the Chrome as well. So, Joe, who do you got? I'm gonna go against the grain here, and I think I'm gonna go with the Atlas. Really. Whoa! Okay. You see, uh, well, last week, right? Uh, the Crone they played the Cannons fell down pretty pretty badly to to a beaten oh, Cannons team. Reading the press a little too much, maybe. Um, and you got the Atlas. You got the Wizard and Jeff T just mixing up mixing up spells down there. So who knows? What they're gonna do. <laughs> there's there's um, a there's a like, bias for you. <laughs> like I said, Trevor Trevor at the X. He's he's heating up the the, the Bulls. They they got a new identity. And uh, I'm, I'm buying into it. And I think they upset the Chrome. They they de- derailed the Chrome train. Okay, so we'll, so I mean, Joe's gonna lead us off for our for our anytime we have a guest on, they'll just have a running tally now throughout the year. Um, so that's gonna be you know Friday night. Tune into that, and then that gives us the next two games on Saturday. T had a little side question for you. I like when they play on Sundays. I, I don't agree. like 100%. I don't like the Friday night and the Saturday. Like, not saying I have a life and I have a lot of plans, but it's kind of nice Sunday afternoon. You know, the PJA or the Live Tour might be playing. You're in and out of a nap. Maybe you got a little bit of takeout food and, and you have a little food coma. And you just turn on the PLO. So hopefully we can get some more Sunday games. Um, but, T, we got the chaos and the cannons. The, the chaos. I mean, Joe, you just, you just spanked a bunch of their players in the NLL championship. Um, there might be a therapy session going on in, in that locker room right now. Coach Towers, he might be breaking stuff, but T, I don't even know where to go with this game. It's a, it's a I don't. Fest. I mean, I love. I, I I was I was ready for chaos to come out and like just show the world why they're actually why they were the defending champs and like they come out with all their NLL guys and just kind of swoop the field with the Water Dogs who are just been terrible this year, and it, the exact opposite happened. So I don't even know what to tell you what's going on with chaos, but. I mean, the Cannons are a good team. Like they, I don't, I don't, they have potential. So I feel like the Cannons are going to win, but it'll be a close game, and hopefully the chaos gets back on the boat. But this is what we were talking about earlier. Like these guys come from box to the field. Maybe it takes a little adjustment period. I think it definitely does. Um, again, just like the style and the pace yeah. of play, and just like it, it is different going up against poles and. Uh, having a short stick covering you the whole time, just like the feel of a defender, I guess. So yeah. like definitely, and most of them play attack for the most part. So I guess just getting used to that um, may take them a game or two to to get back into the field groove. Yeah. yeah so think, I mean, 
I mean, I was I was even going to say, I mean, I know Blaze had a tough game last week, but I mean, some of the some of the goals that the Water Dogs were scoring, I think it was was it Kieran McCardle who did that bounce pass to Sowers? Like, I think it was a shot that. You think it was a shot? Yeah, I think it got like the stick got hit or something like as he was shooting. I mean, it was shades of Ryan. It was shades of Ryan McGee to Restivo back in like 2014. (laughs) Shout out to McGee. Um, I know you're listening, but. No, I, I think, you know, I was very shocked at that chaos score because the Water Dogs, I thought they were dead. So we'd have to put them down this year. But um, <laughs> I'm taking the Cannons. Actually, yeah, fuck it. I'm taking the Cannons. I'm a loser anyway. Um, T, who do you got? Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to take chaos. I just picked the Cannons. But after hearing that pick, I'm, I'm going to go against, against the uh, against the Taggart train. Fade yeah, Tags. Yeah, the, the Taggart Tumblr. Maybe I'll just start drinking again and start picking them. Might be better off. Joe, you got? the dartboard? Uh, I'm going to go with the chaos as well, too. I think they uh, turn around after that that spanking last weekend. And like I said, I think the, the Buffalo guys now have a better feel for the field game and start to pick it up a bit more. And that's going to bring us to the, the nightcap, 845. Up in Minnesota, we got the Whip Snakes and the Water Dogs. Um, listen, I, I got to ride with the Whip Snakes on this one. I think they just know how to win. I think they're just the, the most complete team. I think they're the best defense in the league. And I know the Water Dogs came out pretty hot last week, you know, hanging six in the first quarter, putting up 18, um, you know, on, on the on the broken down chaos. But I just think when you're going against a team that's been to the championship every year, you've won two of them. You have pretty much had the entire defense together. Um, I'm just taking the whip snake straight up on that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't see any reason not to take the whip snakes here. And since we're not doing the spreads anymore, I feel more confident because I know if it's a close game, the whips are going to win. And I don't think it's going to be a blowout for the water dogs. So it's an easy whip snake to take here. I'm still, I'm still on the on the bandwagon that the Water Dogs are going to be the worst team in the league this year. Um, maybe Dylan Ward helps them out, but like uh, I just don't see it. Joe, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with the the champs too, the Whip Snakes. You know, they're they're uh, they're pretty dialed in right now. They're a well-oiled machine, so definitely don't want to mess that mess that up. But you never know. Hey, it, it, it's one of those leagues where it, they're. I mean, every I think that's something we can all agree on, which is great about this sport. It's yes, it's so selective on how many guys are in the league, but it truly is really great how every game's a one goal game, or it's almost like a blowout. Like it, there, it's either or. We don't see these five goal wins or you know a six goal win. It's either you get spanked or it's coming down to a nail biter. Maybe maybe even a little bit of OT here. Um, but but I think that's going to do it from us here with this episode. Jokes, we appreciate the time. We know you got a lot going on, you know, being busy, having a dog, um, you know, coaching a million teams, just growing the game, bringing your insights. We appreciate you popping on the podcast. Um, and, you know, we're going to have you on again, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe more so for the college season and then when the NLL gets fired back up. But, you know, congratulations. And if everyone wants to go out, you know, like, subscribe, rate, review. And, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a little bit more interviews here in the upcoming weeks. So uh, we'll get some guests lined up. Maybe get Zed on in a couple weeks, Joe. Maybe pull some strings. And uh, (laughs) T, always a pleasure, my friend. 
make sure you go buy all of your Colorado Mammoth Championship gear at nllshop.com. That is a Fanatics experience. Jokes is showing us the hat. Get your players, the official players hat and t-shirt at nllshop.com. That is a Fanatics experience. Awesome. That'll wrap it up. That'll Shame wrap it up plug. here. Yep, that's the plug. Um, <laughs> jokes, we'll talk to you again soon. And uh, T, until next week, let's win some games this weekend, my guy. Cheers. Thanks, everybody.